the Skywalker saga comes to an end. Is it a satisfying conclusion or something from a galaxy far, far away? Plus, Matt and I give a quick rundown of all the final 2019 films we had a chance to see. That and more on today's episode of The Real Review. So stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, but how does that make you feel? Hey. <laughs> oh my. Everybody, I'm here with Joel. This is the way, Cunningham. This is the way. Is you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. That's right a Mandalorian now. reference. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Did All you finish right. that, by the way? I did finish it. Oh yes. my gosh. It is so great. It is really good. It is so good. I would be willing to potentially give Jean Favreau, Favreau, however you want to pronounce his name, <laughs> Favreau, uh, Favreau <laughs> uh, an opportunity to remake the last three films. I okay. would sign that petition. I feel like the thing, he's hit or miss at times, but yeah. he's a lot more hit. Yeah. A lot more hit than he has missed. He's also and more safe, too, though, of a filmmaker, I think. He is. He doesn't take as many. Um, like unnecessary chances with doing things just to like please himself. I feel like as a lot of, a lot of female filmmakers try and do that thing where they're like, well, this is my film and I've got to have my voice and da da da. And right. I feel like he's able to do that, but also knows like, Hey, this is what people like. Yeah. So, I, I think that, um, the big thing will be because that last episode was Taika Waititi. And that was like my favorite episode. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I, it's drenched in his... I want to see him helm a Star Wars movie. I would think it would be fun. Just in general, I think. I, Taika Waititi's been a bit hit or miss for me, but he's been mostly hit as well. So like, I what was he missed on? Like, well, I don't want to talk about it. You so. don't want to talk about it. I didn't really like JoJo, you know? Oh. I thought JoJo was okay. I'm 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 shy I to talk see. about it too much because I feel like it's going to be on your best of list, <laughs> uh, which we have coming out soon. So yeah. uh, for our listeners that are joining us, you might be thinking like, well, where have they been for a while? We've Come had a on. ton of stuff going on. Matt, you can hear, is still sick. Yeah. Uh, I was sick for a while. We were traveling, Christmas, New Year's, all that stuff going on. And so uh, we're getting back in the swing of things here at the, the Real Review. But we're yeah. going to be coming at you uh, with our top 10 and our worst of for 2019. We've already put the lists together. We True story. We recording. Uh, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And yeah, well, they that's one of the reasons are. why I tying that into JoJo, why I'm not Brilliant. talking about it. But anyway, Matt, uh, why don't you give our listeners some ways to get connected to Y'all the podcast? can get connected a number of different ways. One of them being our website, which is realreviewmedia.com, which will uh, have our latest podcast episodes up there. In addition to links to get to our social media sites, facebook.com, Instagram, Twitter, which is all at realreviewmedia. Again, that's R-E-E-L, like Fishing reel? Yeah. Fishing reel. <laughs> or a movie reel, yeah, movie guys. Reel Come on. Yeah. Anyways, you can do all that there and also reach out to us. Let us know if there's something that you want us to watch mm-hmm. that we haven't had a chance to review yet at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. Yeah. And that's how that can be done. So as mentioned, we are coming back at this after having a long, pretty substantial break off. So yeah. we have a lot of film content we're going to try and get through today. But Yeah, and we are in the heart of the entertainment uh, capital of the world in, in Phoenix, Arizona, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, so this is where they premiere most films. Most films, Most yeah. films are, you know, produced through <laughs> Phoenix. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Matt and I had a chance to see a bunch of films, but what we're going to do, uh, for those of you that have maybe been eagerly awaiting, I'm sure at least one person out there, uh, yeah. eagerly awaiting Come our on. review of the Star Wars film, uh, we're going to start 
with our Star Wars review. And then uh, you can stay tuned after our Star Wars review. We're going to be giving a brief rundown of a couple movies. Jumanji, The Next Level, Little Women, The Lighthouse, and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. So Do it. Uh, but as mentioned, why don't we get into reviewing our big release of the year? Probably one of the biggest. One of the biggest. Um, if not in my lifetime, probably next to Avengers Endgame. Probably one of the biggest making movies. lots of monies. It is. Yep. So we're talking about a film called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Synopsis for this. The surviving members of the Resistance face the First Order once again, and the legendary conflict between the Jedi and Sith reaches its peak, bringing the Skywalker saga to its end. Director is J.J. Abrams, stars a bunch of familiar faces, Carrie Fisher as Leia, Leia, sorry, Leia. <laughs> Princess um, Leia. Yeah. Mark Hamill's <laughs> Luke Skywalker, Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Rey, uh, John Boyega as Finn, uh, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. We also have our Anthony Daniels. Um, and some familiar people, General Hux is back, Domhnall Gleeson, um, you, you know, Kelly Marie Tran is in there a little bit. Uh, Richard E. Grant, much, I like yeah. him. Uh, Carrie Russell's a new character named Zori Zori Bliss. Bliss. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, I'm going to let you do the honors. You want to let me do the honors here? Yeah, because I think uh, based upon what you said about this in our texting. We didn't actually specifically talk about the movie, but we did talk about how I, f- I feel like we're going to have... I feel like we're going to have different opinions on this movie, okay. but I feel like it's not going to be as far apart as you might think it is. Gotcha. I ha- I'm actually mixed on this movie. Yeah. So I like this movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't love it. Okay. I wanted to love it. Yeah. I, ke- I kept, I've seen it twice. I keep trying to find reasons to love it, <laughs> but I, I can't. So I'm just stuck in the, like, I, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been trying to figure it out for days, and and it's funny because, um, my the biggest thing that I'm finding is that casual Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. not like people who are big like OG trilogy, even like prequels, like not those people, but casual Star Wars fans are really liking this movie. Yeah, the people who aren't liking this movie are big like Star Wars people. Yeah. Um, not just like the people that know all the inside out things of canon and stuff like like I do like with all the books and all the ancillary material, but like people that are like fans of the original trilogy, um, or even people that like the force awakens, but then like they dropped off and hated the last Jedi. Yeah. So people that hated the last Jedi, um, I feel like have a, they, they like this a little bit more yeah. than they're wanting to. Yeah. Um, this will be for them a step in a better direction. Right. So what's yeah. happening is The Last Jedi was extremely divisive in terms of how the characters were portrayed and how the story went. Yeah. Um, this, I think, well, is... In the world. I mean, the right. ethos of what makes Star Wars a Star Wars film right. was in many ways... This, I think, is divisive. Not Maybe not quite, but pretty close to in the same way. Yeah. Just in a different way. Yeah. Like, I... So... I'm here to have a good time. I want to enjoy my time at the movies. Um, and I heard it recently said like this, and I think it's hundred percent true. I tend to lead with my heart and then my mind second. <laughs> so how's it impacting the, the, who I am and how I'm feeling and everything in my heart, you know, is this exciting? What is this? You know, like I kind of approach things with more of a childlike awe in that way and then my mind will come right right behind after well okay maybe that doesn't make sense but mm-hmm. my heart still wins in the end mm-hmm. whereas i feel like you might have the propensity to be like well none of this is making sense so you know whatever <laughs> yeah um this movie i liked i liked a i liked a lot of decisions i like i disliked 
maybe two or three decisions in the movie, but I liked a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I th- let's start. Let's start with more of what I really liked. Thought the acting was good. Um, I liked uh, the CG. I liked the characters. I liked seeing some of the arcs of some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Namely, two of the characters come to fruition. I think Ray and Kylo. Um, probably my best. Some of my best elements of that. I liked Poe's arc as well. Um, but the the contrast to that is I liked the decisions. I liked the movie. I liked how they made some of the decisions, but I did not like how they were executed because it was it was six hour movie crammed into a two and a half hour time frame. Yeah. The the and this gets into the negatives, and I hate jumping into negatives so fast because I'm more optimistic, but I have to talk about it because they complement each other. This um it's too fast. This movie is way too fast mm-hmm. and too easy. There's no challenge to get from one thing to another. And I normally don't think like this through movies, but it's like, we have a problem solved 30 seconds later. We have a problem solved 30 seconds later. We have a problem solved 30 seconds later. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand how this could have worked if we had longer runtime or if this was, or if this was technically, it kind of felt like JJ's version of episode eight and nine. Yeah. So like if there was two movies for this, I bet it would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but it was just too rushed. Um, I didn't mind some of the, some of the things that are uh, angering some people out there. Um, but it was just way too rushed. But I did enjoy myself. Yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I think uh, we have a lot of similar opinions. Uh, the 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 basic when I left the theater. Yeah. And I just said like on a gut level, what was my feeling towards this film? Um, good, not great. Yeah. Um, but better than I was expecting after The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. And that isn't to insult anybody that had, you know, for whatever reason, enjoyment from The Last Jedi. I mean, Because I, I like The Last Jedi. Yeah, I gave The Last Jedi, like, I think like an 80 or yeah. 81. Because if you look on at a, it from a film perspective. On a filmic perspective. It's great. It's well put together yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, the acting is solid. There's cinematography. Story, yeah, cinematography, yeah. special effects is great. It's just yeah. the story is like, the story, for, especially yeah. if you're a Star Wars nerd, the star, you're going to be like, yep. what is going on? Yep. Um, and some people wanted that. They wanted to kind of just see, like the film says in Last Jedi, you know, kill it, you know, let it burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this film in many <laughs> ways, in so many times, probably like I counted almost four or five times where it's like directly going, nope, nope, you thought that, nope. It's literally undoing like step by step all the way down to the usage of, you know, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber yeah. and, <laughs> and what's supposed to happen with that and how it's supposed to be treated. Yeah. What I really felt like when I left this theater wasn't a sense of like, you know, oh, well, they did the best they could with what they had. But it was actually like a sense of sadness um, more because I felt like if they had if they had approached this production wise Uh the way they should have, if they had let maybe J.J. or somebody be the overarching story producer, maybe not the director for every film, but the story producer. If they had had a plan going in from episode seven all the way through nine. That's your biggest problem. They would have had at least a good to decent trilogy here. If J.J. would have stayed on board. Exactly. Um, cause he did have ideas for a trilogy. Right. And um, he put those notes together and it's, they said that he handed those off to Ryan Johnson and then Ryan Johnson. It's not Ryan said, Johnson's fault. It's not his fault, right. but it even said that Kathy, Kathleen Kennedy said to him, like, go ahead, do whatever you want. And right. he just threw the notes out and Doesn't just work. went in whatever direction. And the problem was you got to the end of the last episode and so many people said this, it felt like the end of the trilogy. 
Right. You got done and it was like everybody's story arc is kind of like, yeah, there's some stuff that needs to get worked out, but right. it's like there's a there was a story conclusion that was made for so many characters. Yeah. Where do you go from here? Mm -hmm. So this film had to do so much. It yeah. had to build the story back up. Mm -hmm. It had to reinvent reasons for why these characters are acting and doing the things that they're doing. Yep. And then it had to resolve all that. Yeah in the midst of this short runtime. And they talked about how this film, at a couple moments, they were thinking about splitting it into an A film and a B film. And I think what they probably did is they looked at it and they thought, you know, I don't know how I much- I didn't hear about that. That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. they, they definitely had that in mind. And I, for whatever reason, they decided it was better to just go with one film. They had it in there to do two. Oh, they could have, have totally better. done two. I think it would have been better with I don't, two. I, I feel like there would have been a lot of like hoopla. And maybe what they've done, and maybe one of the reasons for this is they've been burned so bad by so many of the negative like voices and attacks and things. They're just kind of ready to like, let's just get this trilogy done with and move on to yeah. other projects or other things. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. And I'm not trying to attack even people that sure. have strong feelings because I think that goes both ways. Yeah. I think the studio was attacking people and I think the fans were attacking yeah. and I think it was like everybody just got in this giant hoopla. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I left the theater, I felt like good film, but sad because it felt like a missed opportunity for something cinematically sure. that could have been really cool. Yeah. You know, we're not going to spoil the talk here, but there's one twist like of sorts that you find out even in the trailers, but like happens at the very beginning of the film. And if that had been something that had actually taken place at the end of the I second know. film, that's what I've been saying. Yeah. That is hundred percent what I've been saying. If that would have been the cliffhanger it at the end of the been second. So wow. It would have been know? amazing. Yeah. And it would have been such a redemptive arc for yeah. a lot of this. And it would have explained, you know, one of the big issues that I've always had in the series is that Ray, as good as she is as an actor and a character, she doesn't have a realistic, arc yeah she kind of just jumped into the story and she went straight into like if you want to make a bad pun she went to light speed with her powers and her force abilities <laughs> if you're going to try and explain that and not create this like flat character that has had no yeah. growth you need to do that at a certain point yeah it was too late and too short and yeah. to wait until the third film to finally do that oh, this is her best film to me because this film actually shows that she's struggling with yeah powers and forces and things that are going yeah. on in her life and she doesn't know how to handle them yeah. and why the other two films she's kind of just like along yeah. to do things and have the actions taken around her so I, I kid you not I had that conversation with somebody like two days ago I was like you yeah. know what if they would have had this at oh, the yeah. end of the, the last Jedi it would have been this massive like awesome like everybody would have lost yep. their minds people would have flipped out it people would have, would have lost so their minds I bet yeah. I bet the last Jedi would have been less divisive absolutely yeah. and so it's like it's one of those things where again it just it feels like bad planning yeah hundred um, percent on a production level I think visual effects were great still you know kicking butt with yeah. you know industrial light and magic and all that stuff um, music was good again John Williams mm -hmm. acting was good story wise definitely felt. Like there were so many times where it's just like, oh, you need this thing. Here's a coin, you know, like, yeah. oh, you need this. Right. Here's a knife. That's what I was saying about oh, the easy thing that, yeah. that they made it too easy. And I think that was a, I think it was a consequence of cramming it into two, right. and a, two hours and 20 and minutes. And apparently there's cuts of different things um, that JJ has written and were part of the script that have been filmed that sure. actually talk about like why this took place and how right. this ended up being where things are. And that would have been yeah. helpful. Like yep. even, and this is going to sound really like in the minutia. Sure. But you know, if you if you remember what happens at the end of um, episode six, 
this the Death Star blows up. Yeah. And it's not like a like a casual slow explosion. Like literally it just disintegrates into like atmospheric particles. Sure. It just goes and there's nothing there. And it doesn't look like there's any but they could have even to open this film showed because you go into the Death Star ruins and stuff, they could have shown that explosion from another angle yeah. and showed pieces of it, you know, right. crash landing on a planet. It would have made more sense. You would have yeah. been like, oh, okay. Yeah. Instead of like, here's the Death Star that's yeah. still decimated, but yeah. just things like that that they could have like played out in two films. Yeah. And um, it really saddens me because it feels like Ryan Johnson was trying to do his own thing and go in his own direction, have his own voice and his own vision. And it was like, they should have just let him do his thing, but have his own film. Like, go in his own direction, do his own thing with the franchise. Uh, yeah. Completely different characters, even. And maybe just let J.J. take the story for all three films. And I'm not, again, I'm not attacking Ryan Johnson. Right. It's just, why? Why would you just not have a united voice it's not for all the, these films? It's not the director's fault. It's the it's it's the powers above them. I'd look at both honest. of them. It's either Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger. To be honest, i look at both of them. Because Ryan Johnson was still calling the shots and like he he had carte blanche to write the script is by him you know he had the freedom what i'm saying the fact that there wasn't an overarching like uh oversight or a plan right for all three of them right and it It was like let's make a movie let's give it somebody else you'll figure it out and even if he had tried to go more closely to what jj had done who knows how successful he would have been yeah for sure and he might not be that kind of director so it might not be in him to do that so i the buck still lays with the higher level like producer people and the studio heads but then secondarily, it's like, well, you also chose to do that as a film. So it's kind of like both and yeah. um, more so one than the other. So it's hard to it's hard to even review this. I know. To be honest, because I feel like I'm reviewing a concept. I'm There's, reviewing yeah. like like literally watching a filmmaker being forced into a box yeah. when they could have done so much. More. I will say this: and so. it's like it wants to give me give them a higher rating. Yeah. But I can't. I will you know? say there's two things that I loved that JJ played off of from The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't specify because I won't I won't spoil anything. Yeah. But I loved um I loved how because obviously we learn more about Ray's origin. We learned further about Ray's origin. Yeah. There's something that happens in The Last Jedi that that Luke says to Ray when he's training her that I was like, that's that's awesome because that that makes sense as to why this happened. I can't. So okay, we can talk play. about that after. Anyways, yeah. There's another thing which is uh, Ryan Johnson introduced a couple new force powers. Obviously, yeah. One of them was the force Skype. Yeah. There's an elaboration <laughs> on that. Yeah. I really thought that was cool. I uh, was fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an explanation that was kind of made for how that worked in this film, and I, I appreciated the depth of that. I didn't necessarily, and you know, we're talking about Mandalorian, necessarily care for the some of the Force things that also tie into what the Mandalorian can do, like the Force healing. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna say who or how or why. Um, that was a little too far fetched for me. A little bit too much of a uh, stretch. It was kind of just like that's okay, happened so in that's happened in other material that. though before. It so has. like so it wasn't surprising to me. I'm like, oh, people can do that. That's it was surprising more in the way it was used, sure, and the results yeah. of why it did things at different times. Yeah, because they're not they don't really give you a good explanation for what it's doing and how it's working. Well, the, she you did know, for three mandate, seconds to BB-8. <laughs> yeah, well, like in the Mandalorian, not to awesome. spoil that one at all. Yeah. Um, yep. The baby Yoda, for lack of a better name, <laughs> little Yoda. little baby Yoda guy, um, uses that ability, that force heal ability, yeah. and it doesn't really do anything but tire him out. Yep. However, in this film, it appears that when you do the force healing ability, it literally can zap your life force and take life force from you. 
that's never explained. That's yeah, never really no. detailed. And why and how and when that all plays out, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But again, that's, that's something true. that maybe if we'd had more time, yep, you know, exactly. one of the other things that's I thought way. about is, you know, if, if they still had Mark Hamill around, if he was still there training um, Ray in this, yeah. maybe she could have moved into some deeper force powers that she hadn't engaged in and used before. Right. As it stands, it was kind of like Leia was there kind of just overseeing some training aspects and it's like, oh yeah, she's running and she's learning how to use her powers better and stuff like that. But it's like, she's not really learning the force. In how do you feel about Leia, reading. by the way? Uh, I thought she was good. I thought yeah. she was effectively used. I think they used the additional, you could kind of tell a little bit that it was a little off. I, I think, I think even if people were upset with some of that, or not upset, but just didn't like the way that, I think, I think they did the best with what was available to them. Agreed. And, um, there, there were some, where you know you could, it's it's footage and stuff that was used from other films, but there was there was one scene in particular that that was all, like one of the same shots that she was used in. They just yeah. they you know put her out of that, and she did a similar reaction that she did in one of the previous movies. Yeah. Um, but I I, I liked it. I thought yeah. it was good. There's even some other stuff. Um, that I I liked her at the beginning and kind of some of her interactions with yeah. Ray. I think I think it was touching kind of the way that they told her story. Yeah. Yeah, this I felt like they kind of just. She's a character that probably should have left the series. I think in the last film, but sure. they like didn't want to do that for some reason. Um, well, they and also that was just unforeseen. I mean, they couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't have done. No, some I, of that stuff. I get yeah. that. I think the other thing that with this one that I really liked in a lot of ways um, was Kylo Ren felt like a realistic threat. Yeah. You know, in the first one, he was kind of like a joke because he was kind of oh, daddy issues, yeah. and you know, you know, my parents don't want this, and it, it felt kind of like. Childish. Him, him and Ray were my favorite in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and this one, it really felt like he's matured into being like a Sith yeah. Lord, and he's a bad guy, and yeah. he's got a lot of strength. Um, and Ray is struggling with untapped potential, and the same struggles that we're yeah. used to seeing in a Star Wars universe, which is that light versus dark. In the last film, it didn't. Again, if Ryan Johnson had like had his own trilogy to kind of do his own thing with, I would have understood it. But like her dark side temptation was nothing. You know, this is the first time we really see her get tempted into giving into a there, darker there, side of her. Well, there's a moment in The Last Jedi where Luke's like, you went straight to the dark side. Yeah. Like, it, well, it didn't like matter. It just, she kind of just had it. Not in that movie. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. It didn't. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk because I know you have strong opinions about The Last <laughs> Jedi. So I'm trying to not talk about that too much. Um, I think one of the jokes of this film and maybe one of the jokes of like this series that's going to happen for a while is the Knights of Ren. Yeah. The whole like build up of, ooh, who are these guys and their abilities and da da And that again, was like such again, a Again, it's, it's, a it's something that JJ made yeah. that didn't get continued. Right. With, right. And that could have really just, been developed the out plan. in the second it's film. It's just the overall plan was just not there. Yeah. yeah. It could really could have been developed out. There was aspects of things that happened in this film that are yeah. so rushed. You're just watching things take place and you're like, yep. oh, I guess that's that. And I guess that's that. Um, but- I would say overall, I got more enjoyment out of this than probably, and this is where maybe we'll differ, some other people would differ. I got more enjoyment out of this film than I did out of episode seven it's, and eight. Okay. I liked, I got more enjoyment out of episode, of this one out of episode eight. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's a, re, it's way more rewatchable than The Last Jedi. Agree. Yeah. It's Last, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But new things are kind of happening right. in the Star Wars universe, which is the cool. the, tra the scene in the desert with the trailer that you saw with with Ray and the uh, ship coming at her. Yeah, that whole sequence and even a little bit afterwards was my favorite. 
it's much better in the context of the film. I will it say. was <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, I was I, all that stuff happened. That was the only time in the movie that I was genuinely shocked. Like yeah. I was like, "Whoa, what is happening right yeah. now?" <laughs> I would say, like I said, it's. I think it's much better in the context of the film because yeah. it makes sense. Because like one of the questions everybody ask is asking when you see that just by itself is like, "Well, why didn't they just shoot her? Yeah, it's got lasers on there." Well, it's like. Well, then you understand. It's like they're not trying to kill her. They're yeah. just trying to track her down, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. and force her. So it's like in the context of the film, it makes more sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did like that scene. Um, but, you know, we have like a, uh, I'm not going to say who or how, but like there's like a death fake out. You know, one of the characters is like gone and dead. This happens a couple times. Yeah. And then it's like, nope. Yep. And it's resolved in That's like 10 minutes. That's another part of the cramming right. everything into yeah. a into a two and a half hour movie. Like, that was a six hour movie. Yeah, like if you look at the end of, you know, The Empire Strikes Back, yep. Han is frozen and yep. you're like, what's going to happen? Is he gone yep. forever? You're hoping he's going to come back. With this one, it's like 10 minutes later, <laughs> we've resolved it. Yeah. You know, that could have been a really complex way of, in a sense, having some nuance to like what's going to move into the third film. But there was like, it was literally like, you know, if you want to compare it to like energy you know, the, the energy just completely dropped off at the end of Last Jedi because they resolved all of the internal conflicts of the stories for the most part. Yeah. And then J.J. had to start at square one with building back up that train, that energy yeah. to high level and then kind of resolving all that in the same film. So, yep. I don't know. I would have liked to seen maybe two films and I would have liked to have seen this have an overarching story. Yeah. I agree. I'm on board with you, man. So, I'm kind of curious what you're going to rate this thing because I thought it would be lower than what I'm thinking it's going to be. I'm actually going to give it a decent... Pretty decent. You might be surprised. I'm going to give it 86. Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> That's I, good. I was going to give it 87. Okay, wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to be low. That's no, actually no, 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 what no. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I, like, out of all the films in the series, I this is the one I would sit down. Like, if they said, hey, want to pick one of the three of the new ones, this is the one I would rewatch. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's got the most to it, and I think there's, for better or worse, there's so much in there. I feel like I, yeah. g- I get rewatchability, yep. you know, because there's things I can pick up and nuance I can pick I up. I love rewatchability. For all flaws and, and everything. Rewatchability um, is my favorite. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So with that then, uh, let's move on to just some quick reviews totally. of some of our other films that you had a chance to see and I had a chance to see. I saw, okay, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do three. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. Um, but I, I did see three movies. I did see four, but I'm going to save one of them to review with you later. <laughs> okay. But um, I got three, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and just start spouting some of these off. Um, first one being Jumanji, The Next Level. Backstory, let's just break it down for you real quick. Written uh, and directed by Jake Kasdan, which I think is interesting. We're just talking about Star Wars. Um, in Jumanji, The Next Level, the gang is back, but the game has changed. As they return to rescue on one of their own, their players will have to brave... Parts unknown from arid deserts to snowy mountains. I sound like Yoda. To escape the world's <laughs> most dangerous game. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillan, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, Madison Eisman, uh, Aquafina, um, Jack Black. Obviously, we have um, Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Colin Hanks is in it as well. But... Um, I was really surprised and had a lot of fun with the technically the second Jumanji, yeah. the one that came out two years ago. Yeah, a lot of the reboot. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was I thought it was surprisingly like hilarious. Yeah, and interesting and fun. A really good time. It just had it was just a really fun movie. Yeah. This I did not like as much. Um, overall, I thought I thought it was I was okay. The humor did not hit me in the same way yeah. the first one did. Um, and I was kind of bummed out by that a little bit. Um, the story, 
I don't get caught up in this. I feel like it, I feel like you're rubbing off on me, Joel. <laughs> so I the, the story it's for the better. The story was kidding. unnecessary. Like they they have these this this element of new people coming into lives, but it's like let's have the story of these two other people we don't know about come into this story to to what? It doesn't yeah. it doesn't Makes affect the main characters. Yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of like I don't I don't get that. It was kind of funny. I liked seeing um uh, uh, The Rock. Um, do some like Danny DeVito impressions. Um, Aquafina was really good in mm-hmm. this. I was extremely, especially Aquafina as, uh, with like Danny DeVito's voice. Yeah, so funny. Huh. That was really really great. Uh, Kevin Hart was great as um, Danny Glover, um, voice, and I enjoyed it. But all the stuff that were jokes. I just did. I wasn't laughing at it. Yeah. I was like, mm, "It's funny. I get it. I get the joke, but yeah. I'm not laughing at it." Um, this one feels like I haven't seen it, but it, it was, feels like, "Hey, the first one we got really successful. We didn't expect it. Quick sequel." Yeah, that's, that's what this feels like to me. It does feel like that, and it does have its fun moments. It does take some good. Um, uh, it brings in a lot of that video game element that I really like to see, and because yeah. that was a part of the first one that I really enjoyed, but um, it didn't it didn't make it better. However, I will say this. If the plan is to make a trilogy, mm-hmm. this movie I thought was just okay. And then like the last scene, they do something. It's actually a post-credit scene. They do something, um, or it's mid-credits. They do something that like makes the whole, this whole, if they're doing a trilogy, mm-hmm. makes it new and fresh and exciting and like piqued my interest. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's a great idea. That way they don't have to keep recycling this same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Cool. So I'm really excited for, I'm actually more excited for a third <laughs> one than I am this one. Funny. Um, but anyway, so that's just kind of my quick, quick thing. All the acting was fine. It was fun. Um, and there's not really anything other than, yeah, it did feel like a rushed sequel. Wasn't as funny. Um, but there was some enjoyment to be had. I'm going to give it in, uh, what did I rate it? <laughs> uh, I wrote three. it down. <laughs> um, can't find it. Yeah. I can't find it right now. Right. That's right. A three. On. I got it somewhere. I got it. No, it's right here. It's I gave an 80, B minus. Yeah. Okay. So because I did have some enjoyment still. Next, let's move on. Quick hit to Little Women. Mm. And this is uh, a movie that I did not think I would see as soon as I did. Uh, but it's directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, and it's got, um, I always mess up. I think it's Cersei Ronan is her name. Mm. Uh, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon. Uh, Laura Dern and Timothy Chalamet, among some other people, um, and Bob Odenkirk. And so I just uh, throw that in there. Um, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, uh, telling a beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on their own terms. Um, I was surprised how much I liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with my wife. Um, she didn't like it as much because she had just watched the like uh, miniseries that that Maya Hawk was in and stuff like that. I guess it okay. came out a few years back or something. There's she really liked that. Women. So, yeah, yeah, I just remember seeing previews for that. I feel something. Like. Anyways, yeah. um, I really like this. Um, I think Florence Pugh was my favorite in this movie. Mm-hmm. And as from what I heard is that she's getting a lot of slack in this movie. I don't know why, but I, I liked her character. Um, and there's um, also Laura Dern. I think this movie solidifies in my mind. One second. <coughs> Sorry, I had a cough there. Okay. <laughs> I think this movie solidifies in my mind that Laura Dern is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also in a marriage story. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. She just she can play so many different types of roles 
from someone that you kind of like hate a little bit yeah. um, to something like Little Women where you're like, oh, I like this person. Mm. Um, and just anytime she's in a scene, uh, there's a couple scenes where I just, like my heart was broken. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but at the end, the, what I was surprised about is I felt inspired by this movie. Uh, the acting was good. Um, there was just kind of a lightness to it. It wasn't like super heavy. There are heavy moments, but the overall film was like lightness. There's like a childlikeness to some of it, especially with some of the uh, telling of the story. Um, and I enjoyed it. Um, I just found a lot of enjoyment with it and was very surprised. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to see something potentially maybe in awards season. I don't know, but it's good. I'm going to give it an 88. Wow. That's um, really high. Yeah. yeah, yeah. B plus. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, little woman, um, I got one more movie and, uh, and this is going to kind of bring into another, um, it's another thing that I kind of feel conflicted about this next movie that I saw is the lighthouse, um, directed by Robert Eggers, uh, basically William Defoe and, uh, Robert Pattinson. Mm. This story is, uh, two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious new England, uh, Island in the 1890s. It's filmed in black and white. And also the, uh, the smaller screen uh, perspective. I don't remember the technical term for it. So okay. it doesn't fill the whole screen. So a different aspect ratio. Aspect ratio. There we yeah. go. Um, and I will say this, this is going to, this is, this is on a lot of people's like favorite lists that I know of, mm -hmm. but man, I, I'm kind of over this era of like, like I love a 24, but like the art house horror genre where it's there to make you just feel depressed and disgusting and yeah. terrible yeah. for the sake of making you feel depressed, <laughs> disgusting and terrible. Yeah. It's not why I would go to the movies. Yeah. Um, I like the excitement of things, but this is just, it's dark um, and just kind of disturbing. Yeah. Um, I would say as a film, it's, it's really, really well made. And this is where I get conflicted because my, with my favorite movies, I like rewatchability stuff. I want to see again. Uh, stuff that excites me, makes me like, oh my gosh, I, I love this movie. That's yeah. not how I work, and that's why film is subjective most of the time. Yeah. And um, I uh, I just I left this one feeling depressed, and like, I never want to watch that again. <laughs> and it was wonderfully made. I will say the best aspect of this movie to me was the score. It was minimal and ominous, and there was just this repeating sound, this lighthouse sound that happens throughout the movie that is just like, Oh, like that sets the tone for like just a terrible atmosphere. And then like this like basing noise that happens throughout the movie. That's just terrible. <laughs> and it's really, really effective and well done. I would say as a film, it's, I'm going to give it a C minus because I hated the way I feel, felt after it. Yeah. But, um, as a film, if I were grading it just on the merits of how a film was made, yeah. I would give it a much higher score. I would yeah. be probably B plus a, but for yeah. the way for me, and I think this is how I'm going to rate movies going forward is how did I feel? So I'm going to give this a C minus, um, probably 73. Yeah. And um, if you love The Lighthouse, I'm sorry. I just hate feeling terrible after movies a yeah. lot of times. So anyways. No, I get it. That's it. There's been a resurgence of that for sure. I mean, we saw movies like The Witch and everything that came out. He did. That's Robert Eggers also. Yeah. yeah. And it's been this buildup of this kind of film. I think a lot of it, I mean, you can trace it back in a lot of ways, but I remember you know, that was big with the Grindhouse cinema and yep. then it kind of fell out, the whole like disturbing. And then it came back. Honestly, the first time I started hearing about it again was with those Korean revenge films, like Old Boy and stuff. Yeah. And then that hit so big with a lot of directors, I think, that it's really kind of invaded the American audience as well. Yep. Um, but hey, 
you know, we're maybe due for a change. We've seen a lot of these types of productions, yeah. these horror films totally. that you watch, and you're just like, yeah. I can't do it. Yep. Uh, cool. Well, I, on a very different note, uh, had an opportunity <laughs> to see a film called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yep. Um, this is a film, uh, it's based on the true story of the real-life relationship between Fred Rogers and journalist Tom Junod. Uh, its director is Marielle Heller. It stars Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers, uh, Matthew Rise as Lloyd Vogel, Chris Cooper as Jerry Vogel, uh, Susan Kellich Watson as Andrea Vogel, uh, Marianne Plunkett as Joanne Rogers, and I'll say Enrico Calontini as Bill Isler, who's kind of like the assistant um, to Fred Rogers. Um, I've been hearing really good things about this film. Um, I never really watched a ton. Like, I remember watching a few episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. I never watched a ton of it when I was younger. I think it kind of hit a little bit the generation before me, and then he went off the air for a while, and then he came back um, kind of after I was sort of out of the age where I would really watch this. But I did watch some of it. I mean, I've you know yeah. been in you know around kids enough to see it on, and, and I've understood the appeal that Mr. Rogers has as a character, which is really that he's just this loving, accepting, wholesome caring individual that you know everybody can look at and just be like he's just a good person yeah and i was really interested to go see this film because i thought okay let's give this guy some nuance let's give, yeah. let's give this guy some like depth of understanding of like well what is it like in the life of mr rogers this guy because it's not going to be easy <laughs> yeah. living in the world we live in and even back then uh to constantly be the center of optimism and hope and love and peace and joy and good neighborliness um, a lot of it I know is based on his faith, which they don't really touch on in the film. They kind of sure. briefly mention a few times. Um, but it was just kind of an interesting idea. And what I got out of this film was something very different. Sure. And I don't know if I liked it and that's kind of the <laughs> problem. So a lot of people, okay. uh, when they explained it, they're like, oh, it's such a good encouraging film. It's simple about Mr. Rogers. And I go and see it. And honestly, and you'd even think from like the, the poster, you know, it's Mr. Rogers sitting on a porch, you know, in his, in his Mr. Rogers outfit. You'd think this was going to be like, you know, that breakdown, that nuanced storytelling. Yeah. He is like a secondary character in the film. I heard that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking to get a story about him, find a documentary and watch, like if there's a doc of Mr. Rogers, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood documentary of who Mr. Rogers is, watch that. Because this is not, this is a film about a guy struggling with work-life balance and family issues and you know demons of the past yeah. and issues and trying to interview mr M rogers matthew Rees is the actor yeah 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 it's really much more and it says this it's a friendship between fred rogers and tom junon yeah it's much more about tom yeah than it is about fred you're gonna get mm, probably 70 percent of your screen time 75 percent of your team screen time is just gonna be focused on tom and his yeah. family and everything like that and it's a good story like don't get me wrong it's 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 his story is told well and it's yeah. interesting. They made additionally some, I would say, cinematography design choices and the way they shot this, the way they put this together, where they made it almost like an like you're watching an episode of Mr. Rogers talk about this relationship. Okay. And it was very weird. I, I kind of got used to it, but especially in the very beginning when you're kind of watching this and Tom Hanks comes out and he's doing his Mr. Rogers impersonation. Uh-huh. And you're kind of like, well, this isn't Mr. Rogers. He's trying to be him. And then they show some stuff and they talk about some stuff. And you're like, well, is this an actual episode? And it kind of does this thing where it's almost like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. We're like, are you in his head? Or is this real? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, how is this happening? And it left me very confused um, at times. 
And I didn't necessarily like all that. I kind of wish they'd taken a more straight-laced just approach, but I feel like they wouldn't have, I don't know. They, they've probably felt like, well, we got to do something with this. We got to tell in a different way. We got to do something interesting. And they took a very artistic approach to this story and they made it much more about Tom. So I thought it was okay. I didn't leave the theater thinking like, man, I got to tell everybody yeah. about that. They got to see it. I got to see it again. Da, 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 da. I think Tom Hanks, I think everybody that was involved did a good acting job. Yeah. Um, and it did, there were moments where it kind of like pinged my heart, but I think because of so many weird directions that they went in with this, the shooting style and stuff, it was really hard for me to follow the story. It was hard for me to connect with the character and know like, is this real or is this in his head or what's yeah. going on? So I'm going to give it an 80. Okay. Um, because I still think it was, it has merit and it's sure. good. And I like the originality in some areas, but as far as like an actual enjoyable experience, it's like you watch it once and you're like, yeah, I'm probably yeah. never going to watch that again. There's a couple moments where it's like really almost off putting. You know, oh really? There's a scene where, oh, man. and it's not. I don't think it's supposed to be. Yeah. But there's like a scene. I'm not going to spoil it. But they're sitting in a diner. Yeah. And uh, Fred says to Tom, "You know, sometimes and he says in his way, I just like to take a moment to just not talk and just listen." And he stops, and literally everybody in the entire diner at that moment, for some reason, decides they're just going to stop too. And it's like literally just like 15 seconds, and the camera's like zooming in on Tom Hanks's face, and he's just staring into the camera, and you're just sitting there like. What's supposed to be happening here? This is very awkward. This is weird. And then the movie just starts up again. There's like parts like that where you're like, okay, they're going real art house. Yeah. You know, wow. Okay. So, anyway. Interesting. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Any right. thoughts or anything like that? No, you got a B minus. Yeah, B minus. Okay. So, all right. Well, it's been a long one for us. This, like is, this, this is a big episode for us. It's yeah. kind of our first one back. Yeah, catching up. And uh, I think this next week we'll probably get out um, our top 10, worst 10. I hope yeah? so, yeah. yeah. We got a lot to talk about with that because yep. 10, 10. Yeah, awesome. So uh, again, reminders, website, realremedia.com. We have everything up there on our web. Uh, our episodes. We get connected on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook is real re- facebook.com slash realreviewmedia. Instagram and Twitter both at realreviewmedia. And then additionally, we'd love to hear your thoughts and perspectives on any of the stuff we had a chance to see, uh, what you thought, good, bad. Otherwise, realreviewmedia at gmail.com is a way to get in touch with us. Yeah. Matt, anything further? No, that's it. So you can rest your voice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been real. It's been real.